Uh, I don't think I have any videos with this one, I don't think. So we should be good. So you can mute it. All right. So here we are. We are week number two. Some of you guys may have felt some maybe a little unqualified to answer some of those questions because you didn't grow up with those things, right? Some of you guys may grow up with a few of those things. Like I think Cody felt qualified to answer Ninja Turtles, although he missed it. How do, how do you miss that, dude? You're young enough to know. Whatever. But have you ever felt um, unqualified to do something that you were asked to do? Anybody? Some people? Huh? Every day of my job. <laughs> uh, maybe you're asked to deliver a speech in front of your classmates. You're like, I ain't about that life. Uh, or maybe you had to perform a solo in your school choir or orchestra. Uh, a friend came to you in tears, but you weren't sure how to comfort them. Uh, someone asked your opinion on a controversial subject, and you weren't sure quite what to say. You know, there could be all kinds of things where you feel like, I am just unqualified. I have no clue what I'm doing um, in life. About five years ago, when I was uh, in, in Angleton, a, a perfect storm kind of scenario came up um, in, in the little bitty town. So family in town had a, a, fa a family member that passed away, and so they, uh, they called the funeral home that they were doing the funeral at and said, hey, we, need, we didn't really have a home church. We need someone to, uh, to do the funeral. And so they called every single head pastor of all the churches that they worked with. And there were probably about five or six churches they, they predominantly worked with, and every single one of those pastors could not do the funeral. And so it, uh, it fell on my lap to do uh, a funeral for this family that I had never met um, the very next day. And, um, yeah, I, I wasn't very qualified. I had done a, a very brief graveside service for my uncle, um, which is, you know, just a couple of minutes. And then I did my dad's funeral. And so that was, you know, I knew my dad. So that's a whole easier to do a funeral for somebody that you know, right? Like if you're trying to do a funeral, it's hard to talk about someone you don't know very well. And so um, eventually, you know, I met the family and talked to them, so I got a little bit of some stories. And so the funeral turned out okay, um, but it wasn't, um, it's never fun to be thrown into something that we don't feel quite prepared or qualified to do. Um, you know, I didn't have a chance to, you know, I've never really done what's with my dad, and so I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I have a little bit more now, um, but it's, it's not that fun. So when we feel unqualified, it's occasionally because we know we really are unqualified, which is okay. You know, no one expects you to be an expert at something, right? But sometimes we feel unqualified when we don't need to feel that way. Because we let the fear of messing up or embarrassing ourselves keeps us from doing something that we, we really want um, to do. And when we feel unqualified, we become so aware of our own flaws and our own shortcomings that we're afraid to do what's already been asked of us. But here's what I need you guys to understand. I need you guys to realize that although we may feel unqualified to share God's gift, God loves to use ordinary people to share the story of Jesus. Did you guys hear that? God uses who? Ordinary people. Who's ordinary people? Us, right? I'm very much ordinary. So if you weren't with us on Wednesday, we started a brand new series, like I said, called Unwrapped. Where we're unwrapping the true meaning behind the season of Advent, uh, not Christmas, because it's not quite Christmas season. That's not until December 25th. Like we said on Wednesday, Christmas isn't here, but Advent, the time of Advent is. If you remember on Wednesday, Advent is a time to prepare to receive God's gift. God's gift isn't a thing. It is a person, which is Jesus. 
someone who has the potential to change all of our lives. So today I want us to talk about what we can do to not just keep that gift to ourselves, but to share that gift with others. So let me ask you this question. How confident do you feel talking about the gift of Jesus with other people? Think about that for a second. How confident do you feel talking about the gift of Jesus with others? Does anybody want to share their answer? Huh? Pretty confident? Changes with what? With the people you're with? Anybody else? <coughs> but, you know, if, if we believe that Jesus is the greatest gift of all, then why don't we share that gift with more often? I believe we don't always feel qualified to share Jesus, maybe for a few reasons. Uh, one of them, maybe we don't know, we, we don't think we have all the right answers uh, to people's questions. Maybe they ask you a question and then you're like, I, I don't know. And you're afraid of that happening. You're, you're afraid of having to be like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know these things. I'm sorry, I'm, you know, like, don't listen to me. I can't believe you whenever, you know. So we're afraid that we, don't, we can't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers to what they ask. Then maybe I just shouldn't share Jesus anyway. So at that situation... Um, doesn't come up. Or maybe we aren't sure we are the most Jesus-like example out there. You know, we know how we live our life. We see what we do. Maybe if we tell somebody about Jesus, they're going to look at us and be like, why should I listen to you? You're nothing like Jesus. That's, that's a valid point. Or number three, we're afraid the conversation will just be awkward and weird. Yeah, but, but what if talking to others about the gift of Jesus wasn't really that complicated? Uh, what if you were already qualified um, to share about the greatest gift the world has ever been given. Because we all have room to grow, right? Yes? Everybody? All of us adults in the probably can do this. We all have room to grow. But you don't have to be perfect to get started. Do you hear me? You don't have to be perfect to get started. Uh, you don't have to know everything about soccer in order to kick a ball around. Just ask some of the guys that went to Moldova. Um, right? You don't know anything about soccer, but you kicked the ball around and made some friends. Uh, you don't need to be the world's greatest Jesus follower to tell someone about the gift of Jesus that you've been given. More than just having the right answers, right? There, there are many of us who believe that we aren't qualified because who's going to listen to someone who's, you know, who has their own secrets um, that they're ashamed of sharing? Or who's going to listen to somebody who isn't actually the most popular kid in school? Or who's going to listen to somebody who looks and acts and feels different from everybody else around them? Whether you're worried about how much you will still need to, to learn or how much you still need to grow, or how awkward maybe you sometimes are. It's okay to be a work in progress. It is okay to be a work in progress. I'm going to introduce you to a few ordinary people uh, and one not-so-ordinary person who shared the gift of Jesus with other people. So turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. <coughs> Mark chapter 1. This is the first one. So we're going to start with someone not so ordinary. This guy's name was John the Baptist. He was a prophet. A prophet was someone who, who was used by God to deliver his message to people. He was uh, the cousin of Jesus. And uh, he was just a little odd. He, even for a prophet, he was a little odd. He lived in the desert. He, uh, he ate bugs. He made clothes out of camels. So he probably wasn't, didn't look like everybody else. He didn't act like everybody else. 
Some people may have thought that John was unqualified because of his strangeness, and that, that did not bother John at all. He continued sharing the gift that he knew was the greatest gift of all, and that was Jesus. So look with me in Mark chapter 1, starting there in, in verse 1. It says, In the, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So if you're wondering what that word repent means, it basically means to change your perspective and change your ways. It means you turn your life upside down because you know the way you've been going wasn't the best way. It's, it's this way is sin, this way is God, and so you were going this way, but you changed your mind, changed your perspective, and you're now going back this direction. It's a complete 180. There were skeptics, people who didn't think much of John or his message, but that was okay with John and with, with the crowds of people who did not want to hear John speak. These people were tired of the way things were. were and they were ready for the change that John was promising was coming. So John shared the gift of Jesus with other people, pointing them to their Savior, and then trusted God and take it from there. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. So John's name is one that we know well because of the way he shared God's gift with others so publicly. But if you pay attention, the Bible is also filled with stories of ordinary people uh, like you and I who shared the gift of God as well. These people's stories uh, haven't been captured in a lot of detail in Scripture. Uh, they probably weren't very exciting stories, but that's, I think that's kind of the point sometimes. When we're invited to share God's gift with other people, God asks us to share the gift of Jesus in everyday, ordinary ways. Did I catch that? In your midst of your daily life, how you're living your life, share Jesus. So really, these two stories real quick, and I want you to pay attention to them, especially the last lines of each of the stories. So Matthew 19, or 9, 18 to 26 is the first story. <coughs> While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but when the crowd had just been put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. So first, Jesus healed a woman who had been suffering from a lifelong illness, an illness that, that made her an outcast of her community. Like she was, like literally, she couldn't go into the temple, she couldn't 
do a lot of things because of her illness. And she literally was an outcast by her community. And the second thing is in this that little story, Jesus raised the girl from the dead and acted like it was no big deal. Did you guys catch that? Like, she's just sleeping. Just wake her up. You raise her from the dead like it's what he does every day. But, you know, I guess for God, it's probably a pretty easy task. I think he does all the time. But do you see what happened there? The word began to spread. So how do you think the news of Jesus' healing spread? There wasn't a big news story about it. Jesus didn't call a press conference. The news about Jesus spread because ordinary people couldn't help but share what they had seen Jesus do. The news about Jesus spread because ordinary people couldn't help but share what they had seen Jesus do. <coughs> I keep going there in, in chapter 9, out of verse 27. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. They went away and spread his fame through all that district. So once again, Jesus does something super incredible. He heals two blind men and one man who couldn't speak. Now this time, Jesus tells the crowd to play it cool and not talk about what they had just seen. Uh, that's because every time word was spread about D what Jesus was doing, uh, the religious and the governmental leaders of that city would, would come over and they would run Jesus out of town. And Jesus has still had work to do, so he's like, hey, don't tell people I still have things to do here. Otherwise, they're going to kick me out. But, of course, the people didn't listen. So once again, the people who had seen the gift of Jesus in action couldn't help but share what they had seen. Again, the names of the people responsible for spreading the word about Jesus, they're never mentioned by name. Maybe because there's so many of them, or maybe because they weren't very just exciting stories. These are just ordinary people sharing some extraordinary news in the midst of their ordinary lives. Just living life. They weren't experts, they weren't famous, they weren't perfect, but they shared God's gift with others. So Jesus is the gift that God has given to you, and now you are invited to share the same gift with other people. So when you share this gift, you bring people hope of something bigger and greater than anything that, they can, that you can unwrap, that they can unwrap on Christmas morning. No matter how ordinary or unqualified you think you are, that's not how God sees you. You are called and qualified to share God's gift with others. You know, before you go ask for your own, like, camel's hair cloak for Christmas and start shouting repent in the middle of class, um, know that there are ways of sharing this incredible gift. And it starts with, uh, with praying for the people that you know. It starts with praying for the people that you know. And so I want you guys to think, spend a minute or two... Um, Thinking of someone that, that uh, you want to share Jesus with this, this Advent season. Because uh, I, I know you guys have somebody. I know you guys know someone who needs to hear this good news. So spend the next few, few seconds thinking about that person and, and their name. <coughs>
Now, I want you to get your phones out and call them. No, I'm just going to do it right now. Um, get your phones out, and, and I want you to set a reminder on your phone. Pick a certain time that, that you're able to, like, get an alarm on your phone. Like, don't do it, like, at 930 if you're going to be in class and your phone goes off. I don't want you to get in trouble or anything like that. But set an alarm at a time when you know you're going to be able to, to pray for them. So that's, like, you know, 930 at night. You know you're going to be more likely going to be home. Set an alarm, 930, pray for whatever their name was. Um, if you can't set a reminder on your phone because you don't know how, then I'll have JoJo teach you or something. Um, but, you know, or, or put it in a text, whatever, some, some way that you can remind yourself um, to pray for that person. You know, praying for your friends is a great start to sharing the gift of Jesus, but you've got to take it a step further and actually have a conversation. In the stories we read from Scripture, the good news of Jesus didn't spread just through prayers, but they spread through conversations. So if you're nervous about starting a conversation about God, sometimes it's just easier to invite someone to church um, or an event as, as a step. Um, if you're going to invite a friend to church, we, I'll, I'll help you guys invite your friends up, you know, to, to bring new people here. It'd be fantastic to see some new faces, see some friends. I know, you, I know you have friends that need to hear the good news. So if you're going to invite a friend, make it easy for them. Maybe offer to pick them up um, or offer to maybe buy them food when we go out to eat afterwards or beforehand, you know, whatever. If they say yes, text them the address. Maybe text them the day before. Say, hey, don't forget, I'll see you tomorrow night or whatever, you know. Invite your friends. If this is truly the best news you've ever heard, we shouldn't just, you know, want to make this a social club and keep it to ourselves. When you're ready to have a conversation with someone about the gift of Jesus, start with your own story. When the, when the word about Jesus' healing spread in the stories we read. It was because ordinary people shared stories about what they had seen. <coughs> and believe it or not, you too have a story worth sharing. Whether God has been a part of your story since the very beginning or a few weeks or months now, your story of faith is one that people need to hear. If people have questions about what you, you believe, just be honest. Either the answer is, I don't know. Um, you know, they ask you a question or they ask you whatever, be like, I don't know, but let's find out together. And you guys can look at that stuff together. And remember, it's okay if you don't feel qualified to tell others about God. God is not looking for experts. God has always used ordinary people to tell the story of Jesus. So this week, I want you guys to pray for the people you know who need to hear about the gift of Jesus. Invite them to, to journey with you and continue learning to tell your story of faith. Because you really can share God's gift with other people. God, thank you for this chance just to, to come here this morning and to uh, do things a little differently than we normally do it uh, on Sunday mornings. Got to pray. I learned this next little bit of time <coughs> that uh, these kids are focused on you, God, and, and uh, we, just, we, just, we answer the questions that are asked to us, God. We just get ready just to, um, to hear from you from what our. our, our our leaders are going to lead them in God. I pray for um, groups. I pray for the people that are on their hearts to pray for. They need to share Christ with. I pray they, they truly have that, that burden to see them come to you. I pray they pray for them. I pray that they begin conversations uh, with their friends. In my name I pray. Amen.